Well, I'm so glad that all of you are here to celebrate with me today, because I know that all of you know what today is. It's the final day of the 2020 CrossFit Games. I know, right? It's finally here. You guys, we made it. 2020 has been ridiculous, and everything has been canceled, but not CrossFit. Praise Jesus. Okay, so in case there are one or two of you, maybe three, that don't know what the CrossFit Games are, let me tell you right now. So CrossFit, first of all, is a sport that incorporates both Olympic weightlifting, gymnastic movements, and functional fitness. And the CrossFit Games are where the absolute best athletes from around the world compete to see who is the fittest in existence for that year. The winner is crowned fittest on earth. It's like the Super Bowl for people who are into CrossFit. Now, I have been doing CrossFit for a year, and just yesterday was in a local CrossFit competition in Norfolk. Me and my partner placed second place. That's two out of ten, not two out of two. Yes, thank you, that one person that clapped. Now that being said, I am nowhere near qualified to go to the CrossFit Games. To even be invited to compete at the CrossFit Games, you must qualify, which means that you have to beat everyone in your region. You have to be the best in your country sometimes in order to go to the Games. But it's not like that Pansy Olympics where a bunch of people can go. No, you are one person representing your country or region of countries. So it's very exclusive. And this year, because of COVID, only five invitations to five men and five women were even given. Normally it's like 150 and they cut them out through the competition through the week. But this year, only 10 invitations total were given. Now, as I said, I am completely unqualified to go to the CrossFit Games. But the nature of qualifying for something got me thinking this week. It's interesting because when you qualify for a race or for a competition, it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to win. It means that you have met the bare minimum to even be able to compete. And if you don't meet that minimum requirement, you are simply unqualified. The first reading is guiding the people of Israel how they should treat other groups of marginalized people. Aliens, orphans, widows, the unqualified people of their time, who were often treated poorly. So why does God levy this on the people of Israel? He tells them this because even thousands of years before Jesus came to earth, God was telling us that we are not allowed to unqualify people in our minds just because they are different than us. We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we listen to the gospel, there is only one person whom we should love more than our neighbor, and that is God himself. Because if we rely on our own merits to grant us salvation, we are found so desperately wanting and unqualified. So we certainly cannot unqualify others. Now, neither should we unqualify ourselves. There is a difference, too, between being unqualified and disqualified. Disqualified means that I have made it to the level of competition, and then I do something that renders my eligibility to compete null and void. Unqualified means that I am not even meeting the bare minimum to enter the race. And I think as humans, we like to say that we are often unqualified. I saw an interview the other day with one of the CrossFit elite athletes named Katrin Davidsdaughter. Now, she has won the CrossFit Games twice, 
and in the last three years has been a serious contender for the title. And this year, again, she finds herself on the final day of competition today, in the running to be crowned fittest on earth. But she revealed in this article that I watched how even though she has been crowned fittest on earth twice, she still deals with body image issues. Now, to give you an idea of what Katrin David's daughter looks like, let me explain. She is a beautiful Icelandic woman, long blonde hair, not an ounce of fat on her, and has like a 12-pack of abs. And she has been one of the top fittest athletes in the world for the last five years. But she said that after she was crowned fittest on earth, she dealt with the mental struggle that she wasn't qualified to live the life that she wanted to because she thought she had to conform to some imaginary standard of what she needed to look like because she was a two-time CrossFit Games champion. This woman, who qualified for one of the hardest fitness competitions ever and won twice, held herself to an imaginary standard and therefore thought she was unqualified. I wish I could say that she is the only one that deals with this, but isn't it the case that often we find ourselves facing reoccurring sin or tough circumstances, sometimes of our own making? We look at the Christian standard and we come up with imaginary requirements for ourselves. And when we don't meet those imaginary standards, we tell ourselves that we are simply unqualified to be a Christian. It's like if I were to look at the CrossFit Games athletes and say, well, I can't compete on their level, so I might as well not even try to compete on my own level. When I hold my life up to the gospel, I find such a stark contrast sometimes from the way that I am living and the way that I should be living that I can often get discouraged and say, I'm unqualified to even be a Christian. So we turn and we ask the question, Am I qualified to be a Christian? Again, being qualified doesn't mean that we are going to succeed. It means that we have met the bare minimum requirement to even compete. But we can ask this of ourselves in a different way, too. We can ask, what in my life qualifies me to be a Christian? Because I think we certainly have standards by which we judge ourselves and judge others. Often imaginary standards placed on our shoulders by ourselves and we say that we, or others, are unqualified to be recipients of God's mercy and his grace. So what is it in our lives that qualifies us to be Christians? It is by virtue of our entrance into the church by our baptism that every single one of us is qualified by God's goodness to be Christians. For most of us, baptism was received shortly after birth. For others, it was a conscious decision made at a, as a young person or an adult. But no matter if we received baptism a few moments after birth, or if we only receive it a few moments before death, by virtue of our baptism alone, we are all qualified to be Christians. And therefore, we have qualified to compete in the toughest competition known to man, that of competing against the world, against our flesh, against our most base desires, that we may conquer vice and foster virtue. Jesus tells us through the gospel today, once we have entered the competition of our lifetime, there are really only two rules we need to follow. Love God with everything you have, and love your neighbor. 
what beauty is in the words of Christ today. He says, do these things. He doesn't give us a list of things to avoid. Because if we function off a list of things to avoid, then we often become legalistic and say, well, if it's not on the list, then it must be okay. But when he says, do these two things, that allows us to find the beauty and range of all that command encompasses. Let me give you an example of what I mean. St. Francis of Assisi and St. Dominic, two very different men with two very different callings. They lived at the same time. They heard the same gospel. They were baptized into the same Catholic Church. And both encompassed the two greatest commandments of love of God and love of neighbor that we hear about today. And yet they served in two completely different ways. Francis served the poor through a life of poverty. Dominic through learning and study and combating heresy. Both became great saints of the church. A second example, Saints Thomas More and St. Louis Martin. Both were married men who had children. Thomas More was a lawyer and a statesman. St. Louis wanted to become a monk, but he was dismissed after he had troubles studying Latin, and so he became a watchmaker. Both men heard the same gospel. Both men were baptized in the same Catholic Church. Both men heard the same command to love God and love their neighbor. Thomas More loved his neighbor by not allowing the King of England to do whatever he wanted and trash the sanctity of marriage. And because of this, he was a martyr. St. Louis loved humanity by having children and raising them in the faith. And because of him and his wife's example, the world has been blessed to have St. Therese the Little Flower, or St. Therese Martin. Brothers and sisters, we can either look at the challenge of the gospel and say that we are unqualified, or we can know that by virtue of our baptism, we are more than qualified to be Christians, and it is up to us, in cooperation with God's grace, to become saints or not. Now, I will probably never qualify for the CrossFit Games, and that's okay, because I am already qualified for the greatest reward I could ever hope for, by the simple fact that I am baptized.